Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to another Book Realities, our interviews with authors series. And tonight we're joined by writer Leanne Coe, author of Black and Blue, a modern coming-of-age novel. Hi Leanne, thanks for joining us. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Ian. No worries. So for people that don't know all about Leanne Coe, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, I'm from Perth, Western Australia. Um, I'm a writer, obviously, and I also... I'm a library technician and accessibility specialist. Wow. When you say accessibility specialist, how does how does that work? Who do you do that for or what's that? Uh, I work for visibility. And um, so most of our clients ha- are blind or have low vision. Um, and I make documents accessible as well as um, running the talking book library for people with a print disability. Fantastic. That must be superbly satisfying for someone who's got an interest in writing at the best of times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Love my job. Um, not just saying that because they pay me. But, um, <laughs> and how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been there about four years. Very good. And was that straight out of school or college? or? Uh, no. So um, I actually studied journalism at uni. Um, and then I worked in social media and then I became a library technician and then I worked in a TAFE library and then I ended up at Visibility. Very good. So all that background, by the way, social media, journalism, etc., that places you perfectly for promoting your own book, which I suppose we should get around to. Um, Black and Blue, tell us all about it. What's the, in a nutshell, what's the story of Black and Blue? the story of Jade. She's she's biracial. Her mother is Malaysian Chinese. Her father is white. She's she's just finished school and she's struggling with a lot of things. Um, her mental health, her cultural identity. Um, and then she meets a local musician and develops a relationship with him, which is in some ways good for her and other ways not so good. <laughs> So this local musician, he's in a tribute band? He's a specific type of tribute band as well? Uh, he's in a cover band, yes. <laughs> and they play majorly covers of? Jade's a big Bon Jovi fan, and they do play Bon Jovi songs. Good work. Now, obviously, some of this is going to have come from your own experience, because I know that you're a massive Bon Jovi <laughs> fan. So. Okay. Obviously, there are certain aspects of Jade's story that people might think are potentially coming out of your own experience. Are there aspects of Jade that come from your background experience, or is a lot of it just fictionalised? Um, it's a bit of both. So um, there are certain things about Jade that are also things about me, like um, on a more surface level, I suppose, her love of Bon Jovi and Star Trek. Um, I do have anxiety, which Jade does as well, um, and I've blogged about that 
from time to time. And also um, growing up in Australia, but having a Malaysian Chinese heritage myself, um, I guess part of growing up was sort of navigating where I fit in. So that's a big part of Jade's experience. Um, it's also a big part of, I guess, coming of age stories, which is what the book is as well. So, so I could draw on those feelings to inform the book and yeah. And then other things just come from imagination, observing people, eavesdropping on people, that sort of thing. No, we're authors. We don't eavesdrop on people. We just overhear conversations. <laughs> Eavesdropping is far too sinister, far too sinister a word for it. Yeah, we're yeah. just sitting around looking. The interesting thing that you say about Jade's story there is when you say you've got anxiety, mm -hmm. and I've been an avid follower of your blog for quite some time, and I think it's quite brave to blog about things that would 10 years ago have been considered off limits and now they're becoming much more mainstream topics to talk about and to discuss out in the open and you've not just done that in your blog but you've taken this character of jade and taken her forward in a full novel to discuss certain things she's got a peculiar quirk or technique of dealing with her anxiety which calls into uh, calls into focus another Star Trek uh, character. Uh, yes. So um, in Star Trek The Next Generation, there's a character called Deanna Troy. She's the ship's counsellor. And um, Jade has a figurine of Deanna Troy that she communicates with, well, talks to. Obviously, it's a one-way conversation. But yeah, that's one way that she tries to deal with and process her feelings. And then she actually makes the break of getting out of her own bedroom and going to clubs and pubs to watch this band. But obviously it wouldn't be a coming-of-age story if it was all roses and sweethearts and Cinderella stories. So uh, I'm assuming that she falls for the, the bad penny. Yes. <laughs> um, Rory is the character that she falls for. I didn't want to portray it as all being bad and, or anything like that. So, I mean, there are things about the friendship that... Are actually kind of good for Jade like you know it gets her out of the house it gets her out of her shell a bit more but ultimately it's not the healthiest relationship and the book explores that. This is where I ask you is Rory based on a real person? <laughs> Which you don't have to answer at all. <laughs> I've met a few Rory's over the years. He's not a person he's an amalgamation of a few people that I've come across and people I know have come across. Very good. So your friends all think that they know who Rory is and tell you that they think they understand who the characters in the books are? I have been asked, you know, is this someone I know? And I don't actually, there is no actual yes or no for that because it's not one person. But I've I found quite a few people have met a Rory before, so. Brilliant. Now, you said that you studied journalism. So when little Leanne was kicking around Perth, what did little Leanne want to grow up to be? I always wanted to write or tell stories in some capacity. Actually, at one point, wanted to um, be a cartoonist and have like a syndicated comic strip or a webcomic that went viral or something like that. Um, 
that's not really the dream anymore. I actually don't really draw anymore either, which is a pity, I guess. When I was in primary school, that was sort of what I wanted to do. Why don't you draw anymore? Is that just a, a habit, a habitual thing that you've gotten out of? Yeah, when I was finishing, like in the last couple of years of high school, um, you know, I was sort of trying to knuckle down and study more and things like that, and I didn't really do as much, and then I just sort of lost the habit of doing it, I suppose. So when you drifted away from being the, the cartoonist or the, the next Stan Lee, female Stan Lee, <laughs> inventing your own Marvel universe, when did you decide to write a book? When did you decide to take writing seriously? Well, I was studying journalism, I thought I would be a journalist, or try to be. At some point, I guess, I sort of realised I preferred writing less factually, and like it was more fun to take things that had happened, but then twist them in a way that wasn't how it really happened. And if you do that as a journalist, you'll get into trouble, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Around 2014, I think, I started doing creative writing courses, um, some courses with the Australian Writers' Centre and things like that. So that's when I sort of thought, you know, I'd like to write a novel. It's a good ambition to have. I also love the fact that you decided that you're going to do it and then you go and take courses, because I also know that you decided to do something else and you also take courses to do that too, which is incredibly brave as far as I'm concerned because you stand up in front of people and sing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I do singing lessons, and um, not, but not professionally, but um, yeah, I've performed in front of people before, and it's gone okay, I think. <laughs> I think it's a remarkable thing to do. I think it's incredibly brave. So when you're writing, do you have a writing quirk? Do you have to be up at 6am or write at 6pm, or do you have a writing place or a writing, do you write with a feather quill? Is there anything that you need to have to be able to write? Not really. I mean, I do like to scribble on in notebooks and things by hand first, which apparently is weird because I work with computers and I'm in front of a computer all the time and people my age don't use handwriting or something. But no, I mean, I, I find that helps me sort of gather my thoughts, but once, I, um, once I'm getting into the actual putting sentences together and, and whatnot, that tends to be just in front of a computer or laptop. So if you're keeping notebooks, um, which you're putting down those conversations you have overheard, <laughs> not eavesdropped, um, yeah. where do you get your ideas from? Do they come from those notes or do you start looking at taking notes based on an idea? What comes, where's the chicken and the egg? What comes first for you? I don't know. I don't really have a firm process. I don't think I just scribble down thoughts or, you know, observations and maybe I have an, a character idea. Sometimes I'll be trying to sleep and I'll think of something and I'll just scribble that down and then, Hopefully it makes sense when I wake up the next day. But so yeah. how did how did black and blue start? I guess I was I was going through a period of I mean I, I do have anxiety, I was going through a period of depression as well. Um not terribly serious, not as serious as anything Jade 
um, ends up experiencing, but I was sort of trying to, I guess, in a way, write myself out of that. So, yeah, I think that was sort of how Jade's story started. I was, was able to process um, things that were going through my head and things that I was feeling uh, through writing, and that's that's kind of how I've always really worked through things, um, whether it's, you know, writing fiction or writing in a journal or writing a blog, putting the words down sort of helped me, okay, figure out and work through things. So, yeah, that's not going to work for everybody, but um, it, it's helpful for me. So, And it's also helpful for you because you wrote a damn good story. It, it hangs together. It's a really good, pacey first novel. So you must be hugely pleased with it. What's the best feedback you've received for it? I've had a few people tell me they cried a lot, which I I don't normally see as a compliment, but I think it was intended as one. Yeah, I've had pretty good reviews from people or good feedback from people overall, so I'm quite pleased about that. Um, why did you decide to publish it the way that you did, coming to a hybrid publisher? Why didn't you try to go for the traditional publishing route? There must have been a, a reason for you to take the pathway you did. So a couple of reasons. Um, one is about the book itself. It's, I mean, it's sort of in between young adult and adult fiction. I've sort of been calling it upper YA, but I mean, you wouldn't give it to a 13 year old probably. And then it's sort of a few years ago, new adult was a bit of a buzzword, but that's never really taken off. Certainly not in the traditional market, but even in self-publishing it tends to be you know, contemporary romance college romances that sort of thing which is not what my book is so i guess yeah the main reason being it's in that in between space between young adult and adult fiction and there wasn't really a lot happening in the traditional market for that um i mean in australia the only person i could really think of that was writing there was Rebecca James and I think her last book came out in 2015 so you know it, it's been a while so that was the main reason the other reason is that I wanted to have some more control over it I don't want to say I'm a control freak but I did want to have more control over it but at the same time um going through the hybrid publisher and someone who knew what they were doing and could guide me as opposed to going completely on my own, um, I thought it was a good balance for me and for the book. And obviously you were in control, and but it went through a full editorial process. Yeah. You had an idea about your cover, but I think you were quite pleasantly surprised when the first uh, cover concepts rocked up with, uh, with you from our designer. So those yeah. aspects just enhanced the process for you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you were pleased with the cover. You liked the cover. Yeah, I love the cover. So after you published the book, obviously the hard work then starts with marketing. So who's been a help to you or what's been a hindrance for you with regards to marketing the book? Uh, well, I've had a lot of support from my colleagues at Visibility. Uh, so the marketing team did a feature on me and I've been recording the audiobook at Visibility Studios. So um, that, 
um, that's been promoted on visibilities pages and yeah, and um, and the local coffee shop, Duncan Street store, which most of visibility goes to. Um, yeah, they've also been selling paperback copies of Black and Blue. So that's been really helpful, I guess, in my local community, local network. Um, but, you know, we published in the middle of a pandemic, so I haven't done a lot of face-to-face um, events or anything like that when it was launched. Maybe they'll come in later. So what would your advice be to any new writers starting out? What would you, what would your writing advice be for them? Um, just start basically. Um, a lot of people go, oh, you know, I want to write a book. I want to do this or, you know, when I'm free or when I've retired or whatever, I'll, I'll write a book, but you know, you've just got to start. Um, your first draft is going to be crap. Your second draft is probably going to be crap, but you know, yeah, you've just got to start and then, you know, you can work from there. You can improve from there, but you can't do anything if it's just a blank page. So you're funny enough. You're not the first person to have said that at all. In fact, I was having an interview with another Perth writer today and he used the self same phrase that you can't edit a blank page. Uh, so you're quite right. We should find out who said that first. I'm sure it was someone famous said that first. <laughs> With regards to that, by the way, you did an editing process. How was that? Was it was it difficult? Was it confronting to have your book edited by another individual? Yes, I guess. Even though it's fiction, it's like a personal story. It's come from me, so I I was worried that you know you get completely ripped up. And it, it, I mean, but at the same time, like it was important to go through the editing process because sometimes you're just too close to your work and you, you wouldn't, there's things that other people will see that you won't see because it is so personal and it is, I don't want to say your baby, but you know, it's, yeah, it's really important process, even if it can be confronting at times. And as long as most of the changes that are being made are, are being made in a constructive criticism so that nobody's just ripping your book apart, then I, yeah. I guess you can cope with most things. Yeah. So it was a worthwhile process to go through. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't recommend anyone release anything without going through an editing process, even though I know some people do, but yeah, don't do it. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the problems with uh, independent published books that if they haven't gone through an editing process, it it drags the rest of the field down with them. So, well, listen, Leon, thanks ever so much for your time this evening. Um, what we're going to try and do here is end in a quick fire questions, which are the book reality version of the actor studio questions. So, are okay. you are you up for this? Yeah, sure. Good stuff. Okay. Leanne Coe, author of Black and Blue. What's your favourite book? Um, the Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. And if you have one, what's your least favourite book? Um, I don't really have one. Usually if I, like I don't finish a book if, it's, if I think it's terrible, so I can't really say it's my least favourite because I haven't read it then. That's okay. We might have to change that question because there's an awful lot of authors going, no, I don't have one. Um, uh, creativity 
or emotionally, what turns you on? Um, a good song, which is subjective, but yes. And what turns you off? Reality TV shows. Very good. I, I should applaud that. That's an excellent answer. Summer or winter? Winter. On a completely free day to do anything you want to, who do you spend it with? Maybe my mum. Mountains or oceans? Mountains. What is your favourite movie? The Empire Strikes Back. One song to listen to for the rest of your life? Dry County by Bon Jovi. I would have been disappointed if you'd said anybody else. Who makes you laugh the most? Uh, maybe my nephew. What smell do you love? Coffee. What smell do you hate? Coriander. Other than being a writer, what profession would you like to attempt? Mm, artist, like visual artist. And what profession would you not like to do? Skydiving. Well, that's a very good lead-in to this last question then. If heaven exists, <laughs> what would you like to hear God say when you rock up at the pearly gates? You did good for an atheist. <laughs> what, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, nice work. Leanne, thanks ever so much for taking the time out for what is a bitterly cold uh, Perth winter night. So thanks very much. And right. we'll have a reading of your book on the channels at the same time as this is going out. Uh, and people can have a look at Black and Blue before they rush out and buy their own copy. That's good. No worries. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye, Ian. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.